0: What happens after we die? Do we go to heaven, or do we come back Back to to
1: life?
0: I'm John Collins, this is the Bible Project Podcast, and we're talking about the Hebrew word nefesh. It's often translated in English as soul. In this episode, we're discussing what happens to our souls, our nefesh, after we die.
1: People often assume the idea of an eternal, non-physical existence that humans living on after death, apart from their bodies, as disembodied souls forever and ever. That's a really important idea in the Bible, or a main teaching of the Bible. And I certainly thought that, till I actually started to read the Bible. In the past two
0: episodes, we've discovered that in Hebrew thought, people don't have a soul. They are a soul, a living, breathing nefesh. According to the Bible, God is committed to recreating and renewing his whole world, a physical world. And if
1: that's the case, then within this biblical mindset, death cannot be the end of me. What is the me? What is the state and experience of the me after I die? So what's
0: after death? You might be surprised what the biblical authors think. Thanks for joining us.
1: Here we go. So why are we having this
0: conversation? (laughs) Well, because you're trying to ruin my existence, Tim.
1: (laughs) You're nefesh? You're trying (laughs) to... No. Yeah.
0: No, no, I'm joking. Yes. Um, We're having this because, well, because we're going to do a video on soul and it's going to spin some people out.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to try and condense all this into like a three and a half minute video.
0: Yeah. And honestly, it's... The video will be like, that's really interesting, but really? I have a ton of questions. I have a ton of questions. Yes,
1: yeah, that's what it's going to do.
0: And then hopefully you can listen yeah. to this and have less questions.
1: So, so let's bring it around because the video is ex- part of explaining the Shema. So, yeah. hero O Israel, love the Lord your God mm-hmm. with all of your heart and with all of your nefesh. Mm-hmm. So uh now seeing those two alongside each other I think helps clarify. Heart, we've already
0: done heart and that's a very Yes. It's very holistic. Yep. Sense of of Hol- you and Holistic
1: a way. sense of your thoughts, emotions, desires. Mhm. But what it doesn't account for is this your body. Mm. Your physical existence. Yeah. And your your very life itself represented by that constituted by that body so it's with your thoughts ideas purposes desires okay so that's interesting now here it's with your whole self
0: so this might help like why wouldn't moses just have the line be love the lord your god with all your nefesh Mm. because that seems to also incorporate Mm, mm -hmm. the essence of who you are which means also your emotions and feelings and sure so like when my when i'm when my nefesh is thirsting
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not talking about I'm just literally thirsty. I'm talking about my whole essence is longing for something. Yes. yes. And, and that way we're kind of in the realm of yeah. emotions. Yeah. So it could have been a simpler prayer just to <laughs> say, yeah. uh, love the Lord your God with all of your nefesh. Yes. Yeah. So what is heart doing yeah. that ne- okay, no, differently?
1: Okay, but notice from all the examples we looked at that your nefesh is what we might call like your base physical existence thirst hunger Mm. sex yeah (laughs) right and and it represents your physical life Mm. your heart is about emotions thoughts ideas longings that are obviously your heart's in your Mm -hmm. body uh, connected but in in some ways it's like i don't have a lot of control over the fact of what my nefesh needs Hmm. It needs to breathe. Hmm. It needs food. It needs Mm -hmm. sleep. But I have a lot of control over the thoughts Hmm. and purposes and desires. I see. And I can shape those. So your
0: heart, your love, there's a certain amount of control that...
1: Like volition or will.
0: That seems to keep those all connected. Yep, Yeah.
1: With your body, it's
0: less so. Yeah. These things, these are more of your... Just instinctual needs. Your
1: existence as a physical being. Hmm. So I devote the things I can control, (laughs) in a a way, my thoughts, ideas, purposes. I devote those all in allegiance and love to God. And then my whole body and physical life, with all of its limitations and possibilities, I, I dedicate those to God as well.
0: So I might be jumping the gun, but... When we talk about it that way, wouldn't the word we use uh, is flesh? Mm. Like my flesh, like Mm. the way Paul uses it. Like I have these urges and these instincts and it's my body, but, you know.
1: Yes. Well, I mean, I think the the fact that this word can come to stand for just the person Mm -hmm. as a whole, the whole person Mm -hmm. um, or the whole self. Love the Lord your God with all of your... Thoughts and ideas and feelings. and we, we with your entire self. Though so maybe the English word self doesn't <laughs> get there.
0: Why? Because your thoughts, emotions and feelings doesn't doesn't cover your entire self.
1: Yeah. I guess. No, it doesn't. No. Mm. No. Okay.
0: Yeah. There Love the Lord your God with all your thoughts, desires and feelings. Yeah. Your heart. Yeah. But more so your whole or, and also It almost seems like more so it's oh, kinda like got here's, it. yeah. here's like the small part of you.
1: Mm, mm. Oh, that's
0: these are like or little bits. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, I've never thought about then, that. But then,
1: like, there's like a
0: scale. An increasing yeah, it's almost scale like it's an increasing scale.
1: Yeah, this part of you, with the whole of you, mm-hmm. and then as we're gonna see that word strength. Everything you can is about muster. the the possibilities. Yeah, and the opportunities. Yeah, that are not yet realized. It's
0: almost like, yeah, that's yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. I've Spheres. never thought about the sliding
1: scale. Yeah. Anyway yeah nefesh there you have it
0: nefesh Isn't there some non-material part of me <laughs> that survives death? So does the Bible talk about that? So
1: yes, it does. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, why did why he take me through all of this? <laughs> okay, but but the point is, is that's that's not the focus. Yeah, that's not the emphasis. Got it. And so the reason why the the biblical authors have a category for a you that survives after death after your body gives out mm-hmm. is not because of greek speculation mm-hmm. or not Platonic because thought. they believe no it's it really it has to do with their deep conviction that god made this world good that he loves it and that he's committed to it mm. and he's committed to rescuing it so that it can be what he always meant it to be mm. and if that's the case mm-hmm then within this biblical, right, Hebrew mindset, death cannot be the end of me. Hmm. What the biblical authors refuse to speculate about is what is the me? (laughs) What is the state and experience of the me after I die? And we've had these conversations before. Mm -hmm. It's just there's there's virtually no information. Yeah. Yeah. The grave or being with the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so here we go. Here's one of just, it's a, it's a great example in the Old Testament where the poet of Psalm 16 is talking about how God is committed to him, it's connected to David, the hope of the Davidic king, how God's committed to him. And he says, uh, Psalm 16, verse 8, I've set the Lord continually before me because he's at my right hand. I won't be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My glory rejoices. My flesh dwells securely. You won't abandon my nephesh to the grave or allow your Holy One to see the pit. You'll make known to me the path of life. Hmm. So here's a sense of you won't abandon my nephesh to the grave. So when I die... Isn't my body going to go to the grave? Yeah. So in that sense, my nephesh, my physical existence is. But there's another sense in which That can't be the end of the story if this God is who this God says he is. He's committed to redeeming his world and his people. And so here's the use of nefesh that does seem to be the you that isn't tied to your current mortal body, Hmm. but is connected to the you that will be the immortal physical you. You've made known to me the path of life. There'll be a way through death to a physical existence on the other side. So this is not talking about afterlife. Hmm. This is talking about when this nefesh, when this prototype of my nefesh gets <laughs> out, the next version will be what you usher me into. Hmm. So this is very important. This is not talking about the afterlife. Hmm. Even in this use, we're not talking about just a non, an immortal, eternal soul. It's talking about my nefesh will take new form so i mean he's gonna die but in another sense he's able to say you're not gonna let my nephesh die
0: how do you know he's gonna die he knows he's gonna die
1: well i think there's a sense of i mean it's just being human you're gonna die unless you're enoch
0: but a lot of <laughs> but a lot of these are like psalms or like oh that's right metaphors for being... dying yeah no we're like oh. um enemies are gonna come and get him, and he's asking Correct. god to protect him.
1: yes uh, that's
0: not what's happening here Okay. No,
1: no, that's right. There's one layer of which the poets often describe brushes with danger, with this depiction of death right here. Or you're saying he's just, often these poets are saying, he just yeah, saying basically well,
0: like, God, <laughs> don't let these guys kill me. And yes. then, and then for, for me to say, you know what? I believe yes. that you won't let them kill me. Yeah, you won't let me get buried in the yeah. ground.
1: Yeah, that's right. So there's one sense in which you can read that simply as what's going on here but this is one among a number of these suffering and deliverance poems and the deliverance comes out the other side I didn't also didn't copy and paste the whole poem the last line of the poem is in your presence is fullness of joy in your right hand are pleasures forever it seems like what the poets straining at here is that if God is truly committed to me and to this world, in this case, to the line of David, he says he is, then death can't be the end. There has to be a form of life, eternal life, physical existence that God still has in store. Hmm. There's a similar sentiment in the conclusion of uh, Psalm 73. There's just not that many, but that's the basic idea. Hmm. There's this verse
0: where it says you will not... you will redeem my life from the grave.
1: Ah, uh huh.
0: I think it's like you will redeem my life from the grave, you will surely take me to yourself. Here uh, it is, yeah. Psalm, Psalm forty nine.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's the other that's the other main one.
0: Yep. God will redeem me from the realm of the dead, he will mm-hmm. surely take me to himself. That's right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As for the wicked, death will be their shepherd. But God will redeem my nephesh. Mm. He'll redeem my nephesh from the grave, for he will take me what it says.
0: Mm. He will take me.
1: Mm-hmm. So once again, we're in the take me. He is it the, is nephesh twice?
0: Take my nefesh,
1: Or just take me? No, just take me. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean for God to redeem, rescue a Your soul body from, from the, the grave? Day. And again, we think, yeah, into the, the pearly, through the pearly gates. Yeah. Or something. To
0: eternal bliss.
1: <laughs> yeah. So
0: think. I'm going home.
1: So redeem is, a, is vocabulary from the Exodus story, rescue. Mm-hmm. So what does it mean to be rescued from the power of death? It doesn't mean that you, I'm trying to think, if you use the exodus as an image, if you're enslaved in Egypt, Mm -hmm. you're saved out of slavery. Mm -hmm. And your status changes. And your status changes and you go into the promised land. Yeah. So here it's you're redeemed from having to die. And then your status changes so that you can be alive, can be alive. Yeah. Um, so there's a
0: resurrection hope here c-
1: correct. that's where these are these are the bedrock, or to use a different metaphor, the seed seed bed right and I, and we're not and I'm not making this up. the apostle peter mm-hmm. thought thought so too. This mm. is the top of page eight um Psalm sixteen is was really important for the early Christians and how helped them find language about Jesus. This is right after Peter is giving a message and he quotes the section of psalm 16 that Mm. we just read Mm. and here's his commentary he says fellow israelites i tell you confidently the patriarch david died he was buried his tombs with us to this day but he was a prophet and he knew that god had promised him on oath that he would place one of his seed descendants Mm -hmm. on the throne seeing what was to come he spoke of the resurrection of the messiah Name In the quotes from the psalm, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God raised this Jesus to life, and we're all witnesses.
0: So Peter looked at this hope that he saw in the psalms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. resurrection, and he said, so look, resu- that's what happened yes. to Jesus.
1: This, this poem wasn't talking about the afterlife. This poem was talking about the hope of God rescuing someone into new physical existence. Mm. and
0: It's not afterlife, it's more life.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or what scholar N.T. Wright, he has a clever phrase, his fat book on the resurrection, he called it life after life after death. <laughs> so, so, Life in other words, after... Life after death. Life after resurrection death. Resurrection life after life after death.
0: <laughs> I'm so confused. Well, because,
1: because by definition, if, my, if I die... If my body yeah. gives out, uh-huh. the hope and the trust is that what happened to Jesus will happen to me. Mm-hmm. But uh, most likely, there's going to be a time gap, yeah, like there has been for many followers of Jesus. So, where are those people? Hmm. What's, oh, okay. Life after life. What's after death. the what is the afterlife existence of those?
0: And it's very. We have no and idea. It's, it's very very obscure. Here we
1: go in the Old Testament. Yeah. It's just, there's no, nothing. He will take me. Yeah. And then (laughs) what we know is that death won't be the end. Mm -hmm. You've redeemed me from the power of the grave. And And so if
0: that's afterlife, that's life after death. Yes. Then what the resurrection is, is really the life after
1: that. Life after death. The life after the life after death. And then Paul, right (laughs) in those handful of passages, two, Uh and then once with Jesus, right to the, the guy next to him on the cross today you'll be with me in paradise. Yeah, that's or the afterlife. to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So that that's life after death, according <laughs> to the New Testament, is to be with Jesus. Yeah. If so
0: we're all obsessed with what is life after death. That's right. And and he writes clever turn of phrases to say, we should be more obsessed with the the life that comes after well, the life and
1: the, death. what the biblical authors are actually talking about is the life that comes
0: after life that after life life after death
1: <laughs> come on that's clever
0: <laughs> you get as clever yeah so we should stop talking about the li- afterlife we should ta- start talking about the life after
1: yes yeah yeah that's right yeah, yeah. Well, that's good that's john, oh, john collins co- coin everyone. that one straight <laughs> <Hey-o. laughs> mark <laughs> There's, so there's a couple passages that then talk about, the in the New Testament, the equivalent for nephesh is a different language. It's Greek. So it's a Greek word, suke. So there's a couple passages where, actually, in teachings of Jesus, he'll talk about the nephesh slash suke of...
0: Because in Greek, the nef, nephesh becomes Suke.
1: Uh-huh, yeah. When the Hebrew Bible is translated into Greek, yep. before Jesus, the standard translation for nephesh was suke. got it and then that's so again it's the jewish authors of the new testament thinking in, in greek hebrew bible categories oh, yeah. but they're using, using the greek, greek language. words they yeah. weren't
0: thinking in platonic yeah
1: categories. so think a famous saying of jesus whoever tries to save their suke will lose it and whoever loses their suke will preserve it or save it hmm. it usually gets translated life and i I think that's a good translation. Yeah. It's, but it's not the word life. It's the equivalent of nefesh.
0: Mm. It, what's the Hebrew word for life? Chaim. Chaim. L'chaim, yeah. Oh, yeah, to life. L'chaim, L'chaim. Yeah, for life, yeah.
1: Um, so, <clears throat> so here's, uh, oh, another famous saying of Jesus. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your suke. Hmm. what you will eat, and listen to the commentary, yeah, huh. what you will eat, right. what you will drink, or don't worry about your body, what you're going to wear.
0: Hmm. Is not distinction there?
1: Yes. Isn't your suke more than food? And isn't your body more than clothes? Hmm. Yeah, so there's this distinction, body and suke. And what what is it that sustains the body? Well, food and drink. Hmm. What is it that sustains <laughs> It's it's almost there's like surface. Clothes just go on your body. Yeah, your flesh. And that's not your identity, your essential self.
0: That can scrape off and regrow pretty easy.
1: Yes. And then he says, even your suke is more than just food. Yeah. And this is, seems to be the logic underneath fasting for Jesus. Mm. You, withhold, you symbolically withhold food from yourself on regular intervals mm-hmm. to remind yourself that your truest self, your true physical life, is based on God's generosity, not by your own ability to feed yourself. Hmm. It's very it's like Psalm forty two. Hmm. My nephesh hungers and thirsts for God. Man doesn't live by bread alone, that kind of thing. This is that same mindset. Hmm. Not That interesting? Is not
0: life more than food? Is not your s nefesh, mm-hmm. your suke, more than food? Yeah. I don't know, that's confusing to me. I don't think of my life as just food. Mm. But what he's saying that's is what sustains you? What truly sustains the true you? Because here's another thing. Because I live in a time where, like, there's just tons of food. I just go to the supermarket. There's lots of food. Yes. So if I put myself in the, the mental categories of someone who's every mm-hmm. day, it's like, yeah. let's make the bread. Let's make sure we got enough yeah. food. Yeah. Like Is that, there enough food? Is there enough food today? Right. That becomes, like, a daily obsession mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. sustenance, mm-hmm. like, and so it can almost begin to feel like my life is about food. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. my life is about when yeah. can I get more food in me? Yeah. That's what this yes. corporal, yeah. embodied existence feels like. Yeah. It's just a chase after that's what nourishment.
1: It, that's what it needs. <clears throat> yeah.
0: Yeah. And if I was a um, caterpillar, that would be my life. Hungry yes, caterpillar. Yes, your life would be Just fun. be about food. Yeah. That's my job. Mm-hmm. Fill up my belly. Yep. But.
1: By fasting, image of God bearing humans, life is, your suke is more. It's more than that. Transcends. In fact,
0: spend a while, spend a day or two or a week yeah. without that, that, and you'll realize there's something more going yeah. on. Yeah,
1: you're still you, and there's a you that can live and exist in the world, interact with God and others that transcends your physical appetites. Man, Jesus so he packs so much into these little sayings. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Hmm. Hmm. Well,
0: I'm not going to run around naked, Jesus, so
1: <laughs> you can forget about that one. Yeah. Here's a whopper Don't be afraid of those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the tsuke. This is in an encouragement for, mm-hmm. like, if you're going, Matthew chapter 10, if you're going out sharing the kingdom of God, this mm-hmm. is when he's sending out. The um, other disciples to the go 72. ahead of him. two, Or 72 in Luke. Yeah. It's just the 12 in Matthew 10. Oh, Okay. And he's trying to encourage them, like, hey, listen, you know, God is aware of the sparrows. He won't let a yeah. hair of your head fall to the ground. And don't be afraid. All they can do is kill you. They can't <laughs> kill your tsuke. Now, that's interesting. It's a play because one of the terms for murderer yeah, in the revival is the tsuke slayer or yeah. the Nefish slayer. Yeah. Right? And so in one sense, that's true. But now we're back to the same idea for Jesus. That's not all there is. Who I am is not just the fate of this prototype version of me. Hmm. My current physical existence isn't all that there is to me. So this begins to really gel with this idea of uh, where we were starting, which is
0: mm-hmm. more of a um, yeah. a spiritual part of you.
1: Uh Yes. Though he, does not, he very clearly doesn't use the word spirit. He here. doesn't use the word spirit. He uses the word, a very physical, earthy word, hmm. your tsuke. Don't worry
0: about people who can kill your body because they really can't kill you.
1: Because I can't kill you. And, and then the next phrase, he connects it to future vindication. Rather, be afraid of the one who can destroy both tsuke and body in hell. So what you should have your eye on is the hope of resurrection. Right? If your hope is on resurrection, you can kill me now. It's fine. God will redeem me from the power of the grave. Hmm. Don't base your decision-making on people who can only kill the prototype version of you in the moment. Because mm-hmm. God will take care of...
0: Keep the after party in mind.
1: Right. Keep the after party in mind. <laughs> what you really should base your decisions off of is the one who controls... The after party. The after party.
0: And who gets the party. Whether
1: or not you will be resurrected into the new creation Mm. that's the person's verdict you should care about Hmm. so even this example doesn't show jesus saying see after all you know there's the the eternal non-physical part of you his eye is still on your physical existence it's whether you exist in this form or in the new creation and so by
0: saying who can destroy your suke?" yeah He's in hell. What? Yeah, what's what he a, talking about? <laughs> that's a
1: whole other conversation. Uh, this, yeah, this gets us into what did Jesus mean when he used the word Gehenna, which gets translated as hell mm-hmm. in English, and the depictions of final the fate of those the wicked who don't want to be a part of the new creation. What's their status? Yeah, or existence. And there are different portraits given in the New Testament, and different metaphors. We kind of talked about this before in some of the Day of the Lord conversations. Mm-hmm. So here he uses the the verb destroy. Yeah, destroy. So in other words, don't the worry point about somebody kill your body, you right they can now. can kill this version of your body, but the, but the real you that will live on into resurrection and new creation, mm-hmm. they can't touch that. Mm. But there is somebody who controls whether or not you uh, yeah. will be raised into the new creation. Hmm. And the opposite of that, he uses as destruction of your entire self.
0: Hmm. You use the word prototype a couple of times. Is that yeah, is I just that started using it.
1: Well, I'm just, for Jesus, All the, what he's talking Did you about read that somewhere? is stage one or stage two. No, I'm just thinking yeah. that's it's a good image. I like it, yeah. Because it's like Jesus walking around Galilee. It's
0: the MVP is what they call that in the tech world. What's what's Minimal that? viable product. Oh, wow. Is the first... That's interesting. It's just that's what you need to get out the door. Don't make the perfect thing. Mm -hmm. Just get the MVP out there. Wow. The minimal viable product, and then Uh, and then tweak it from there.
1: Tweak it from there. Yeah, maybe it's a bad analogy. It probably doesn't work on prototype
0: means like less like that. So forget the minimal viable prototypes. More like here's a fully working thing. Yes, but we're not mass producing it yet. (laughs) (laughs) is <laughs> <laughs> kind of what prototype Inter- yeah
1: that's a good point so the analogy breaks down too Yeah, but, it's, but, that, but it but is that, an interesting concept but that's concept. the vision of humanity and Jesus' relation to humanity in the New Testament that we are the prototype of which he is the full real thing mm. yeah. he is the human and then, that I am made to be mm-hmm. but am, have not he's attained human to human 2.0 and he's human 2.0 and we're the human beta version. <laughs> and so what he's talking about here is... That would make is, him human 1.0. Okay. Um, our existence in, yeah, 1.0 or prototype version is really important. It's not the end goal. Hmm. There you go. We're yeah. in Paul, Paul the Apostle's language, the first Adam, in, wh- in hmm. whose image we all reflect. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 15. Adam 1.0. And then what he calls the the last Adam, the hmm. fulfillment of humanity.
0: Hmm. It's not the second Adam, is it's the, the last Adam.
1: the resurrected Jesus. Mm-hmm. So uh, there, there you go. There you go. Even, even the uses that you might think, oh, f- there's that good old immortal soul, uh, don't ev- even really mean quite that. Hmm. They need to get reworked in light of the biblical story of new creation and these concepts of that the physical world is good but compromised and will be redeemed and my nephesh is me my physical embodied existence.
0: I don't feel like the video we're going to make is going to help everyone turn that corner.
1: Mm -mm. No, we're going to limit it to the basic Hebrew meanings. And it's just going to raise a bunch of questions. Because basically it's just going to work through, hey, nefesh means your physical body (laughs) as yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone's going to be asking, what, Mm -hmm. are you saying I don't have a soul?
0: Yeah. Are, Are you saying we don't have a soul, Tim?
1: Yeah, that'll be the... I'm saying we are a soul. <laughs> I am a soul. Are you saying
0: there's no afterlife? No, I'm saying there's life after life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
1: life after the life after. Yeah. All so, right. Um, a, a friend and theological mentor once said to me, if you are comfortable with what you already think and believe about Christianity and life and God and the world, for goodness sakes, don't read the Bible. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's Who's just that? Who said that to you? Gary, Gary yeah, That is amazing Yeah <laughs> Beca- It'll just mess up everything uh, you believe
0: Well, no, just read it with a really good study Bible That can, like, <laughs> explain everything to yeah, you Yeah,
1: or read without thinking And or then read it won't thinking. mess with you believe But once you I start- don't
0: know, like, I, I've read the Bible a lot And you just force everything into the categories that you understand Sure And then certain translations help you do that in a way.
1: Yeah. But but, think,
0: yeah. but it is but then there's parts where you're just like, I don't get that. Yeah. But it's not safe to ask questions. Yeah. And it's confusing, and so I'm just going to keep on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. We are we are for the opposite of that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Cheers.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bible Project podcast. If you're like us and you ask lots of questions about the Bible, like what is the Bible? Why is it confusing and hard to read and why is there so much in there? You might enjoy our YouTube video series called How to Read the Bible. Also, we released a video that Tim and I have been referencing in these episodes about Nefesh, and the link to it is in the show notes. You could also find it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the Bible Project. Or you could go to our website, thebibleproject.com. We're a crowdfunded nonprofit, and we can make all of these resources because of your generous support. So thank you for being a part of this with us. We'll be back to do a Q&R episode next time on Nefesh. So if you have questions about the Hebrew word Nefesh or about the concept of a soul in the Bible, send it to us. You can send it to info at jointhebibleproject.com. Try to record your question. Keep it to around 15 seconds. And don't forget to tell us your name and where you're from. Looking forward to hearing your questions. Thanks for being a part of this with us.